As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we're talking about mystery. How many times have you come across something that was a total mystery to yourself? You've never seen it before. You don't know anything about it. And you make an assumption about what it is, only to find out that you were completely wrong. There's a story about uh, an Amish family. Lived on the farm in the rural area, never really, never actually made it to the big city. Until one day, dad thought, let's go. So they got in the buggy with the horse and they went to the big city. Combing through the streets, all of these huge buildings, skyscrapers they'd never seen before. And they were awestruck. They pulled up to this one skyscraper and the father and the son left mom in the buggy and they went into this skyscraper. And so they entered in they notice these shiny doors. These shiny doors kept opening and shutting, opening and shutting. And the young boy looked at his dad and said, Dad, what is that? Dad said, Son, I, I don't know. I, I've never seen anything like it before. Well, about that time, there was a, a, an old lady in a wheelchair. She rolled up to this door and she pushed a button and the door opened. And she rolled into the little room that was on the other side of the doors and the doors closed. And they looked and the numbers on top of the doors began to light up. And then after a moment, they lit up again, but this time in the reverse order. And when the doors opened up, there stood walking out a Beautiful 24-year-old woman. The father looked at the son and said, Son, go get your mother. 
if you don't know what it is, sometimes the assumptions can be quite far off. The mystery, we don't understand what's behind it. Now today we think, oh, it's an elevator, no big deal. But for those that didn't know what an elevator was, didn't fully comprehend what it was about. This morning we're going to look at a mystery that Paul talks about. So turn with me, if you haven't already, to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to take a running start into this. Our key passage is 9 and 10, but I want to start back in verse 7. Remember, Paul is talking about the blessings that God has bestowed upon them. And if we begin with verse 7, it says, We have redemption in him through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding in our key text this morning. It says he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasures that he planned in him for the administration of the days of fulfillment to bring everything together in the Messiah, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word. I thank you for your word. And I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts and our eyes to see your truth. A truth, Father, that you have planned for us today that will bring us closer to you in wisdom and understanding. And Father, perhaps today, this is the day that there is a truth that you have for us that will bring about a change in our lives, a change that will cause us to love you more, know you more, and will want to live for you more. For your name I pray, amen. What is a mystery? The word that Paul is using here is talking about something that it may be hard to understand, but it, is, it isn't something that can never be understood. It is really something that has been hidden from sight or has been kind of kept a secret. It is kind of incomprehensible to anyone that really doesn't understand the meaning. And so I, I use this as illustration. If someone were to come and at the time that we are partaking in communion, the Lord's Supper. Someone who has not had exposure to particularly a Baptist church, particularly if they are not a believer, they would not understand what's going on. They wouldn't understand because they don't know the story. They don't know the meaning behind what is going on. But for the believer... For the believer who understands the story of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, the time of communion holds a tremendous amount of meaning. It's not a mystery. Now, for the longest time, consider that the Jews kind of had a little bit of, they cornered the market, if you were to use that word, on their relationship to God. That relationship that came through them through the covenantal relationship with Abraham. 
If you remember in Genesis 12, part of that visible uh, measure of what that covenant was, was through the circumcision. And so from that point forward, you had those who were believers, those who were part of the Jewish community, they were the circumcised. And if you were a non-Jew, a non-believer, you were the uncircumcised. And so if you were a Gentile, you were not a Jew, of course, then you would not know the mystery of God's will. And Paul is reminding him that the mystery is now coming to them. In Ephesians 3, we see where Paul says this, is by reading this, you are able to understand my insight about the mystery of the Messiah. So Paul is laying out, what is the mystery? The mystery is Jesus Christ. Now, this mystery came to be known to the Gentiles because of rejection. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. In Acts chapter 13, we see where it was that Paul begins this journey. As he is, he and Barnabas are teaching and preaching to the Jews, they came to a point when that was no longer the case. In verse 46 of 13, it says, Then Paul and Barnabas boldly said, It was necessary that God's message be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and consider yourselves unworthy of the eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. And he's taking a little bit from Isaiah 49 when he says this, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And Paul, in his writing in Colossians, he even spells it out even more clearly what this mystery is that he is revealing. In Colossians 1.27, says, God wanted to make known to the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the mystery that Paul is talking about is Jesus Christ. Also that he notes about this mystery was the planning aspect of it. The planning aspect we see in verse 9 says he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. The plan of redemption, this plan for forgiveness and grace and reconciliation, it isn't anything that can be achieved through individual merits. We see in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 where he says, that this can only be found through the favor and grace of God. For it is by grace you have been saved. We also see too how it was that he planned it. That he planned in him. The word planned is found in other translations as purposed or to be displayed what is an interesting fact is 
for the Jewish nation, the death of Jesus Christ really was not enough to give him some believability in his authority. It would require him to show complete authority. And so God displayed it completely. In Ephesians 1.20, Paul writes, He demonstrated this power in the Messiah by raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand in the heavens. So the resurrection is key here. It demonstrated his complete authority over all creation. And what was the plan for the administration of the days of fulfillment to bring everything together in the Messiah. Christ was to be the head of the church. He was to be the head of all creation. To be the head over all. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of the Messiah. For he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. He made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. This is key. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross and put the hostility to death by it. If you haven't realized up until this point, there was a huge amount of hostility between the Jewish nation and those who were Gentiles. Great enmity was there. So Jesus came to reconcile those through Jesus. We find that again in, first, in Colossians chapter 1. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And by all things hold together. I'm going to pause there for a second because that verse right there is a sermon all by itself. I've got one in the books. I'm waiting for it. Continue reading verse 18. He is also the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. And here is the key here. It says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace, through the blood of his cross to reconcile all to bring peace. The purpose of the mystery of God as displayed through Christ. Now, what does that have to do with us today? There were three things that kept coming to my mind that I think is important for us to understand as we consider this mystery. First thing I want us to understand is that we must know the mystery. 
Colossians 2, Paul writes, I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery. Christ. We must know the mystery. Do you understand the story of God's plan? What it was that he came to do? We know John 3.16. Sometimes we forget verse 17. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That was part of his plan. Even Jesus says in John 10, 10, says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. I'm going to stop there for a second. I'm going to chase one small chicken. Your life in Christ today is not, I will have a good life when I die. He says, you will have it abundantly. Now, knowing the story of God's plan. But we also need the story, know the story of God's love. John 3, 16, we, we can't forget to quote that. For God so loved the world, that love drew him to give his only begotten son. And Paul reminds us in Romans 5, 8, but God proves his own love for us that yet while we we're still sinners. Christ died for us. Ah, to know the story of God's love. But also to know the story of God's transforming power. In John 1.12, he says, But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be called children of God. We've talked about this before. How are we to become children of God? We've been adopted. He has adopted us. Remember the significance of the adoption process in the biblical time? The idea that the adoptive or the, the ones giving up the son would give them up to sell and they would buy back and forth. But what was it that didn't transfer? Do you remember that? Any previous debts, any previous negative aspects of that life did not carry over. You might say, well, that's cool. I need you to set on this for a minute. Consider where we are now separated from God, dead in our trespasses and sin." we are adopted that means that life that debt of sin for the wages of sin is death that debt is now in the past it will not transfer over you are a new creation Can someone say amen? amen? That is a transforming power of God. 
Folks, we must know that story intently. If it's not a story that we are intimate with, if it's not a story that attracts us, then we will consider it as not being important to tell. But now knowing the story is not just enough. We must receive that mystery. And we receive that mystery by placing our faith and trust in him. Jesus says in Mark 1.15, repent and believe in the good news. And of course, we go back to John 3.16, so that everyone who believes in him should not perish. Believe. Not just placing our faith and trust in him, but also receiving the fulfillment that he provides Jesus says in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Now in this situation, Jesus isn't talking about having three squares a day. I can admit I, I do well with eating. I still go hungry. That's not what Jesus is talking about. You know what? We have things in our lives where we want to accomplish. We want to feel accomplished. We want to know that what the meaning of life is. Why are we here? And, and what, what am I doing? Is it making a difference? And people will look for things to try out, to put their heart on the line to see if it fulfills this inner need that they have. And unfortunately, time after time, it becomes where it will not fulfill. It may even leave a deeper hole. Or something might fulfill it immediately, but then that feeling of fulfillment goes away and they think, oh, I need to try more of it. That's where we have the issues of addiction that come about because of something they're trying to fulfill and whatever they're using to fulfill it doesn't work. But Jesus says, if you will come to me, you'll never hunger. You'll never thirst. Matter of fact, the woman at the well, in John 4, 13 says, everyone who drinks from this water, speaking of the water, the well where this woman was at, says, if you drink of this water, you will get thirsty again. But he says, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give them will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up within him for eternal life. Ah, to know and to receive that mystery. So it's important that we know the mystery. It is important that we receive it, but it is important too that we reveal the mystery. Paul said in Colossians 1.27 that God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery. Again, what did I mention earlier? 
if the story, if the mystery of God's will, the story of God's love for us is not impactful for us, we won't share it. It won't become important enough to say or do anything about it. But folks, we are called to share. James reminds us in James chapter 1 and verse 22. says, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Why is that important? James goes on in chapter 2 and verse 17. Speaking of faith, if it doesn't have works, it is dead by itself. I didn't put this in my notes, but if you go just a little bit further down, he says, even the demons believe. And they shudder. I don't see any demons displaying the works. But for us, we must reveal the mystery with our words and our actions. And we must do it to those around us. And Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaim peace, who bring good news of good things, who proclaims salvation. For some reason, the, the Christmas song, Hark the Herald Angel Sings, the herald is the one with the big trumpet who's making the proclamation loud and clear. And even Jesus says in Acts 1, says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, into the ends of the earth. Witnesses. Witnesses proclaim. They use their mouth. They talk. Now, granted, it is so important that our lives reflect Christ, that people that look at us from a distance can tell that we are different. But the idea is just like that light, this little light of mine. When they see the light, they get closer and closer. No, I'm not going to step off the edge. They get closer. So the point when they get close enough, then you can tell them the good news. Jesus even said when he's speaking to the 11 after his resurrection in Mark 16, verse 15, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Folks, I got to let you know, this is not child's play. This is for keeps. I think we get lost. We, we may know, we may know about God. We may know about the love story. And we may have accepted it. We may have received it into our lives, but we have this tendency to stop at the front door. And we don't reveal it. Something in the back of my head keeps going back to the ideas. Do we truly believe in the transformational power of God's love? Perhaps there are some things in our lives that we have done that our neighbors know us quite well. And we're scared. Scared of one of two things. One, 
you go to them and you tell them about Jesus and they look at you and says, there's nothing about you that, that I believe. In other words, your life doesn't match what you're saying. Or it could be this. It could be that you are scared about the past. You don't want somebody dredging up the past going, well, just last year or some years back, you were able to drink anyone under the table. You were the girl's man. I would think that would be the time he said, but you know what? My life has changed. I'm new. Let me tell you about the one who changed my life. Folks, it doesn't change the fact of the story that we know, the story that we have received. I don't know if you know a gentleman a long time ago by the name of John Knox, a great man who went to bring the gospel to Scotland, and he was quoted as saying, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. It's not child's play. Serious business. Because the end all is this. The end game is for the reconciliation. It says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross. He came to bring reconciliation and peace. What will we do with the mystery? Will we keep it to ourselves? Will we be kind of territorial like the Jewish nation was and go, it's for us and us alone? Or will we keep it to ourselves because we are ashamed of who we once were? I would say don't be ashamed of who you once were. Be amazed at who you are now because of God's grace. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know the mystery of God's will personally? John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you know him? Paul says it very easily. If you want to know him, all you must do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.